Welcome to the latest episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. Welcome along, everyone, and uh, welcome along, Ben. Hello, Tony. Hello. You all right? Yes, yeah, yeah, good, good. Good week last week, mate. Yeah, cracking week last week, mate. You're, I think you've been nailing these uh, hurdle handicap hurdles all season. Williston and Black Poppy double figures last week. What a shout! Well done, mate. Not bad. Thank Stop. you very much. And I, I heard your your boys both had them in doubles and treated you to <laughs> uh, beer and curry. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know about it. But um, the, the two, uh, my two, Frankie and George, um, are both had them in um well we put a couple up obviously so they had a couple of each way double doubles with four horses two from each race and uh, they landed <laughs> landed the prize so it was uh, it was a free beer and lambuna night last saturday night it was fantastic outstanding outstanding <laughs> you're you're becoming the the handicap big field handicap hurdle king love that, it that's awesome. all right thank you very much <laughs> Stuff. <laughs> All right, uh, we're heading to Newbury's Lockinge card for this week's Pod Blast uh, coverage with uh, part one of the pod covering two of the handicaps on Saturday's card. And then we head to our usual hunting ground of the Scottish leagues for our top, middle, and bottom football, Trixie, as the playoffs uh, reaches the business end of proceedings. Then we move back to uh, Newbury for part three of the pod. And the big race of the weekend, the Lockinge Stakes. So uh, off we go first, Ben. First on the agenda is the London Gold Cup. Due off at three o'clock on Saturday. 16 runners set to go to post over one mile, two furlongs. Off you go, Ben. Yeah, it's uh, Newbury London Gold Cup, a race that can be won by a horse that goes on to bigger and better things. Uh, likes of Bay Bridge, Defoe, Time Test and Al-Kazim. They've all won the race in recent years. Uh, not a race to be overly keen on dipping into the trends front, though. Nothing totally stand out, I could see there, personally. Um, I came down on a shortlist, though, of Desert Hero, Exoplanet, Bertinelli, Royal Rhyme, and Forca Timal. Uh, Desert Hero currently sits near the head of the market, and he still holds a derby entry for all. I doubt he'll be taking up that entry. Uh, but he also holds a King Edward entry for Royal Ascot, so they clearly think or have thought at some stage Desert Hero was going to be better than a handicapper. Uh, this is his handicap debut here, and William Haggis, he has a decent record in three-year-old handicaps with his Colts and Geldings on handicap debut, especially those that start in the first four in the bang. He's a 33% win strike rate and a 57% win and play strike rate with those types, over 25 points profit in the last five years. So Desert Hero definitely catches the eye. Exoplanet, he's also near the head of the betting. Uh, he finished second behind Military Order last time out over course and distance. And Military Order came out and won the Derby trial at Lingfield last time out last weekend. Um, or next time out, which was last weekend. He's currently favourite for the Derby itself, Military Order. So not hard to say that Exoplanet bumped into one last time out. Varying Yard being a little quiet this week. Uh, still 16 for Exoplanet would be a little concern as well, because he likes to be prominent, likes to race prominent. Um, 
also on the shortlist here, Scott, I've got Aidan O'Brien. He sends Burton Elliott to the race. As far as I can see, he's the first runner O'Brien has had in the race, which itself is interesting. Um, Burton Elliott is making his handicap debut, and O'Brien and Moore Partnership, they've got a 43% strike rate together, with male horses making their handicap debuts in April to July. 13 winners from 30 runners for more than 64 points profit. So Bertinelli is certainly an interesting entry in this race in Newbury. And I'd probably be siding with Bertinelli and Desert Hero as the two of main interest for me in the London Gold Cup. Tony, what have you got? Uh, Mike Shortley's consists of Falker Timau for trainer Richard Hannon, uh, jockey Kevin Stott in the plate. That's around... Uh, 28 to 1 at the minute uh, in some places. He was last seen on uh, a seasonal debut earlier this month, finishing uh, a beaten seven lengths behind Castleway. It was 50 to 1 that day. It was a listed contest. He's into a class two contest here on handicap debut. Keep an eye on him. Mr. Mistopheles, Huey Morrison, Ross Ryan. He's a big price as well. I'll be uh, keeping an eye on him tomorrow. I think he's better than his sixth of seventh on seasonal debut at Newmarket in a group three. Drops down into handicap company for the first time here. Uh, it was a massive price that day, 66 to 1, and uh, ran like a 66 to 1 shot, it must be said, but I think he's better than that and certainly uh, worth a shot in handicap company. Uh, Desert Hero is high on the agenda as well uh, on the uh, on my shortlist, uh, William Haggis, Tom Marquand, as you say. I'll be going for Lieber Power each way, Andrew Baldin and Ocean Murphy in scintillating form uh, right now. Won a Kempton Novice Stakes in October, better than his last run at Kempton once again on the all weather on seasonal debut in March uh, and as I say Ocean Murphy and uh, Ocean Murphy and Andrew Baldin in scintillating form at the moment Labour power each way for me in the London Gold Cup at three o'clock Ben 410 at Newby bet Victor handicap class two handicap over one mile yep um, we've got 13 runners going to post here uh, Sunny Liston runs in this, and I think he could be a horse of interest this year. They didn't seem to know what to do him last year, I don't think. Uh, running him over various trips, never at the same track twice, pretty much always in valuable Class 1 contests. He's having a bit of a change of scene this year, though. For starters, he's moved from Charles Hills to Rafe Beckett. Uh, Rafe Beckett is 10 from 24, with three or four-year-olds that are having their first run for him after moving from another yard which is a 23% strike rate and a huge 98 points profit. Uh, Sonny Liston, he's also been gelded in the off-season and Rafe Beckett with first-time geldings in handicaps over seven furlongs or further. That's a 21% strike rate and almost 30 points profit with those types. As well as the change of yard and the gelding operation, Sonny Liston, he steps at a handicap company for the first time. Rafe Beckett will handicap debutants in May over one mile or further. He's 20 winners from 62 runners, 32% strike rate, 56 points profit. So there's plenty of new things happening for the four-year-old here. And he's a horse, I think, could well have a decent pot in him somewhere this year. Uh, if it turns out not to be this race, then... I'd still be having Sonny Liston firmly on my radar going forward. I do think Beckett will get something from him, something decent, possibly. Um, Outbreak is the other one that catches my eye in the race. Outbreak for Charlie Johnson and at Zenny. Um, 
he posted a strong figure when winning at Newmarket uh, at the start of this month, and his form, outbreaks form, is over one mile trips and off breaks of 21 days or less. That reads three wins and a second from five starts. So he's got his prime conditions to attack here. Still likely enough raced after only 10 clear starts. So I think Charlie Johnson could well get more improvement out of him. And Sonny Liston and Outbreak, that would be the two that interest me in the 4.10 at Newbury. Tony, what have you got? Good stuff. I've got uh, just three on the um, shortlist here, Ben, for this one. Another big price, Richard Hannon won. Pat Dobbs in the plate this time on Dawn of Liberation. Uh, second run after a wind up. His first run uh, after a window ended with a 21 length defeat behind King of Conquest at uh, 50 to 1. Uh, again, running at big prices, but he has been highly tried um, towards the end of uh, last season as well, or the middle of last season. Um, but he, his season came to a premature end in uh, July uh, in a listed race, but he's uh, running behind the likes of uh, Mighty Ulysses and Never Given as well. And he was a, a beaten favourite in the uh, listed Surrey Stakes at the uh, at the derby meeting uh, just about 12 months ago um, he comes here uh, Dawn of Liberation worth keeping an eye on in the bet in there he's uh, definitely on my shortlist trainer Richard Hannon uh, Wannies uh, deserves another chance he's better than his last run suggests on uh, the 1st of April on seasonal debut in the Potemps Network Lincoln um, at, at Doncaster over a mile he finished 21st of 22 uh, that month but he was 10 to 1 he was highly fancied that day um, I think he's worth another chance and uh, he's around 10 to 1 uh, in some places so that'll be worth an each way but uh, each way bet Charlie Fellows and Ryan Moore in the plate on Atrium uh, I do like Atrium couple of runs this season profile suggests there is more to come he was last seen finishing 5th of 10 uh, beating 6 and a quarter lengths uh, in the Spring Cup uh, handicap at uh, last month at Newbury so uh, and he is a course and distance winner so I do like uh, four ten at Newbury Atrium uh, at the each way price for trainer Charlie Fellows and uh, Ryan Moore in the plate. All right, it's uh, thanks for that, uh, Ben. It says uh, on to top, middle, and bottom. Uh, usual rules. Going to miss this. Going to miss the Scottish leagues. Dear me. <laughs> Rules apply. It's uh, one pound Trixie from us both, four pound in total. Ben, an update from last week, please. Last week, good stuff from us. Tony, two winners, one loser, plus 1.64 points profit. Myself, also two winners, one loser, plus 4.86 points profit. Running totals are now Tony. Plus 6.72. Clinging myself, on. Clinging on. Clinging on. <laughs> and myself, plus 46.16. So this week is the playoffs reach fever pitch. Um, I will start us off and I'm going top championship. Airdrie to beat Hamilton at the great price of 48 to 29. <laughs> um Tight and cagey first leg on Wednesday between the pair. Finished 1-0 to Airdrie. Uh, but I said Airdrie are very much the form team of the two. And Hamilton, they're really not in form. Uh, Airdrie have won nine of their last 12 matches. They've only lost one of them. Hamilton have only managed to win two of their last 14. And they've lost eight of them. And despite 
the five two scoreline last week for Hamilton against Aloha. I think they were a bit lucky in that game. They were two 0 down after thirty two minutes. Alwa had a man sent off in the 24th minute, so Hamilton essentially turned over a team that were a man short for about 75% of the game. So Airdrie for me in the championship uh, and a win and get them promoted to the championship for the Diamonds. So Airdrie for me. In the middle, Scottish first, Clyde and Annan to draw at 13-5. to Now, Annan comfortably took care of Clyde in the first leg this one on Tuesday I'm not and I'm not convinced Clyde have it in them to turn this tie around they've been poor all season they deserve to go down to be honest they were well adrift at the bottom with Peter Head uh, Annan admittedly were a bit wobbly on the road at the end of the season so I think a draw between Clyde and Annan looks the most likely outcome in this which will be enough to see Annan get promoted in the bottom Scottish second Albion Rovers to beat Spartans at 13-8 to and I think Spartans really needs to get a grip on this tie last week in the first leg and they need to be coming to Albion with a lead to defend but it finished 1-1 I think Albion should get this done back on a grass pitch. Leg one was on an artificial pitch. And Albion Rovers, so I've got some stats here, Tony, I like this. Albion Rovers, yep. this season, they've struggled on artificial pitches this season in the league. They'd played eight, they'd lost seven of them, and they'd only won once on artificial pitches. Mm. And that was a game, I think it was East Fife, and East Fife had a man sent off in the 10th minute or something like that. They won, Albion won with a last minute penalty. So I think last week was Spartans' chance to take a grip on the tie. They failed to do that. Albion's recent home form, um, they won their last three at home. I think that should see them escape a drop into the Lowlands League. And Albion Rovers for the win for me. So Airdrie, Clyde and Annan to draw, and Albion Rovers to beat Spartans. What have you got, Tony? I haven't gone into it quite as deep as you as usual, Ben, but um, I concur with just about everything you've just said there. Um, Airdrie away at Hamilton um, I think Airdrie um, look in decent form at the moment and I think they'll beat Hamilton at uh, as we say the 48 to 29 uh, marvellous price uh, Annan Athletic away at Clyde basically I've based this selection on the fact that Clyde are pants absolute pants and Annan uh, at 13 to 10 um, should beat Clyde quite easily and uh, I'm going to go for um, Albion uh, Rovers to win uh, at 31 to 21, as you say, uh, away at Spartans. Um, they, they, they are playing for the lives, aren't they, Albion Rovers? So, um, and they won't want to lose um, their status as a Scottish League team. So, Albion Rovers at 31 to 21, uh, Annan Athletic at 13 to 10, and Airdrie away at Hamilton 48 to 29. Is one of those tonight, Ben? Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I, I imagine it. I can't be Clyde. I think it must be an Airdrie game. Um, yes, let me have a quick look. It's Clyde Airdrie. against Annan tonight. Oh, is it? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Clyde against yeah, Annan and do, the other do. two. Oh, and uh, Partick against Air is on tonight. Premiership playoff. That should be a good game. Yeah, Partick yeah. have been playing well. Oh, they're a bit too short. I thought I contemplated a bit. A bit too short, I think. Yeah, so two tonight, Partick and Air, and also our game Clyde and uh, Annan tonight as well. Something to uh, look out there, uh, look out for. All right, uh, finally, we head back to Newbury for the big race of the weekend with the Group 1 lock-in stakes coming under focus uh, to close out the pod. Ben, over to you. 
Yeah, Locking Stakes Group 1, some cracking horses winning this in the past. One of my favourites, Rack T. I remember him winning it. Cracking horse, mad as a, mad as a freak kid. Is that same? <laughs> Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Great horse, anyway. Uh, and some solid trends at play in this uh, Group 1. Last 50 winners all passed the following. Age 4, 5 or 6, rated 113 or above. It had between 5 and 16 previous UK or Irish starts and had won or placed on one of their last two UK and Irish starts. I also noted last 50 winners, they all started a single-figure SP, so no real surprise results or at least no big-priced outsiders snatching the main prize in the last 15 years. Uh, this year, I'm probably looking at a shortlist of Modern Games, My Prospero, Mutasabik, Jadumi, and Chindit. Uh, modern games, he sits at the head of the market. He spent most of last season running France or North America. Uh, his two starts over here, he finished second behind Baid in the Sussex Stakes and second behind Bayside Boy in the QA, QE2 on Champions Day at Ascot. He's a joint highest rated horse in the race. The top rated or horses rated no more than three pounds below the top rate have won 14 of the last 15 renewals of this, so it does tend to go to the class horses in it. Uh, no surprise being a, a group one. I do think Modern Games is the correct favourite here. For all, it's not that easy threatening together as form lines from his races abroad, but yeah, I think he's the correct favourite. Uh, my Prospero, he's generally third in the market, and I actually thought that was maybe... Bit of a surprise. The last few runs have been over one mile two. I expected the top one mile two races to be his targets this season. So interesting to see him start off his four-year-old uh, career in the lock-inch. Don't think I'd be too keen on him in this. Uh, Muta Sabic, he certainly seems to have been unlocked by the application of blinkers, which he's worn his last few starts, both on wins. He steps back into the Group 1 company for only a second time here. Uh, but maybe have preferred a smaller field as his wins have all come in fields of seven or less and we'd be convinced he'd get a, an easy or an uncontested lead out front in this. Jadumi, he showed a good level of progression last season. Maybe a bit unlucky not to finish closer on his final start in the QE2 because he finished that race lame. So I think he'd probably mark up his third place finish in that race last time out. He's potential interest for Chris Ford and Doyle. And then the other on my shortlist, Tindit. Now, he finished third in this last uh, in the walk-ins last year. Actually, he's not, I wouldn't say he's really a Group 1 horse, but he's just sort of could run himself into a place. Um, like last year, he comes in off the back of a win on seasonal debut. Now, his form figures on his first two starts in a season read five wins and a place from seven runs. The only time he failed to at least place on one of his first two runs of the season, came when he was drawn on the wrong side in the 2021-2000 Guineas, but he still finished a decent fifth in that race. So I do quite like Chinda as a bit of an each-way play to maybe snatch a place at decent odds. He was around 20s when I looked last night. So modern games, I think he looks like his winner to me. Um, and I'll probably also play, no, I will play Chinda each way or possibly in the place market to see what looks the best option there. So Modern Games and Chindit are the two catch my eye. Tony, what have you got? Cool. I've got uh, Mutter Sebek uh, on the short list at uh, 
13 to 2 for Charles Hills at uh, Jim Crowley. Uh, one well on seasonal debut at Newmarket in the Bet 365 mild group two. Uh, only five runners there. He beat uh, four rivals by three lengths, including Native Trill. Uh, the two four year olds I do like at the top of the market uh, Modern Games. Uh, three to around three to one, and Laurel at uh, at around uh, seven to two. I'll be dutching these tomorrow. The pair of the Modern Games, who is coming back from uh, Keeneland, he finished second of eight uh, last time at Keeneland in a mile stakes on turf, uh, finishing second of eight, beating three and a half lengths uh, with uh, William Buick in the in the plate. There he is in, uh, of course, the plate today for trainer Charlie Appleby in the uh, Godolphin colours and uh, Laurel. In the Judmont Colours, uh, he, he won at Kempton in a race he was never going to lose in the Snowdrop Philly Stakes, uh, the listed race on seasonal debut. It was just basically a run out against eight inferior rivals, winning three and a half lengths uh, as the eight to 13 favourite one, as he should have done there. Uh, four-year-olds have won seven of the last eight Lockinge renewals, so I'll be going for uh, Modern Games and Laurel tomorrow and uh, Dutching the pair at around 3.35. All right, thanks very much, Ben. Uh, many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pod Blast. Remember, if you're an early riser, you can catch me on Epic Radio weekdays between 5 a.m. and uh, 7 a.m. What fun we have as well. Plenty of racing news on there as well. And you can get more from Ben over on narrowinthefield.co.uk. Narrowinthefield.co.uk. Until next week, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for your kind comments. Thanks for all the support. Big thanks for listening. Uh, and have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, Ben. Just on you too.